The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey everybody, what's going on? The uh, boys at Notebook Wagering here with uh, J-Cam, Smitty, myself, and we have our favorite special guest back, former South Carolina Gamecock great quarterback and avid hunter I'm going to throw in there, one Steve Tannehill, Coach T18 on Twitter. Steve, what's going on? Hey guys, uh, appreciate you having me back on. Hope everything is well with y'all. So, Steve, I got one quick question out of the gate. Did you get a deer in, in bow season? No, I don't bow hunt. Oh, okay. Never mind then. But I hunted I this morning, so I, I've been up since 5.15 today. So, Well, thanks for I'm joining not, us. That's a long day. Yeah. Hey, it's what time of the year it is. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty, I'm going to give you the handle. I'm going to let you fire away on Steve here. Well, I think with – with Steve coming back, I think this is like the third time and we love having him on the show. I just want to hear, you know, we've talked first time he was on his like kind of prediction where his former team, South Carolina was going to go for the year. I just like to hear his overall thoughts of coach Beamer in his first year and kind of, you know, I know there's been some injury issues at quarterback there, but overall, what do you think the Gamecocks, what's your opinion on him so far, Steve? I think it's about where we kind of thought, you know, um, I said back then that you get to the end of the season, it was murder's row. And it is obviously Clemson's about just as good as us. So we got a chance to beat them. But I mean, you, you watched last week's game and I mean, I feel bad for the quarterback, you know, um, Doty probably didn't want to play. So they put the assistant coach in there and, He's just bad at getting killed. I mean, they have no line. We have no offense. But the defense isn't bad. But we're 4-4. Four four. You know, hopefully they can get one more win. Um, you know, Vegas had it at four or three and a half. So, uh, you know, we're not allowed to gamble here in South Carolina. But in Vegas we can. And I need one more win. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's either Missouri or Clemson. I don't see us beating Florida, Auburn. Um you know, there's just no chance there. I, I just don't see that happening. But, but I, I like Coach Beamer. I think what he's doing is good. Uh, they do play hard, you know, which, I mean, you're on scholarship and you're getting three free meals a day. You ought to play, at least be, be able to go out and, and free shoes and school. And you might as well go out there and play hard. So, it, But they are playing hard. Um, but just on offense, they're just offensive line. I, I coach better offensive lines and won a high school football. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I was them and Zeb, who's the quarterback now, I mean, he can't move and nothing against him. You know, he was a GA till two weeks before the season. I mean, his belly's bigger than mine. He ain't moving. I'd put him at 10 yards and snap the ball. It's, re it's really the only chance they got. I mean, if you watch the left tackle on the left guard, I mean, it. it is straight get out of the way. And uh, – 
And for them to continue to play them t- same two guys, that tells me what's behind them is worse. But um, I like what Coach Beamer's done. I, I, I mean, he's brought an energy that Muschamp didn't bring. And, um, you know, how, how recruiting's going, it looks like we're getting some guys. So um, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on Beamer ball. I, I think he's, uh, he's headed in the right direction. He, he just – I mean, we don't have that much time. Now, on defense – we're pretty good. You know, we got a first round pick and number one defense and Mel Kuyper has him 14 on the big board. I mean, he, he's the real deal. And we got two pretty good D linemen, but we have no linebackers and our secondary. I mean, they, they couldn't tackle my sons who were nine. I mean, so, I mean, you know, you throw a hitch out there against Vandy, the kid ducks the tackle. He doesn't break the tackle. He ducks the tackle. And the guy from Vandy goes 60 yards. So, I mean, they got a long way to go. But if I was a freshman out there somewhere, or I mean a senior in high school, kind of like I was when I came out in 92, if I wanted to go play somewhere, big-time college football, why wouldn't you go there? Because you're going to start. I mean, if you're an offensive lineman, you're going to start. I don't think our quarterback of the future is on campus right now. Um, you know, the word is here, the boy from Oklahoma is going to come because he's been benched. And I hate to take him one year, but, <laughs> I mean – He's better than anything we got. <laughs> See, that's a that's a perfect segue because we we're going to bring up the whole Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams deal. But before we get to that, you also touched on something I wanted to hit real quick. So you brought up recruiting and how Beamer's doing with it. Do they have any like five star recruits coming in for you guys? Uh, the tight end, they got a big tight end out of somewhere. I think it's a five star. I don't know that he's committed yet. Um, I think he's got about four or five four stars, which, you know, when we were real good here, when Spurrier won, you know, three years in a row, 11 wins, we had the number one player in the state every year. And we had a couple four stars, but we had a bunch of two stars that ended up being starters that played in the NFL. And so we developed talent, which Beamer's going to have to do that. We're going to, we're not Georgia you know, who's sitting there with 25 five-stars. I mean, he's going to have to develop the talent. And maybe that's what he's trying to do with the O-line is develop them. But if it was me, I'd, I'd put someone else in. But um, I think recruiting is going good. And they need to pick – we need to use the transfer portal. And I think that's important because I think you can get a few guys that can instantly help. Now, I wish we could bring in a freshman quarterback and put him in the game and let him play – and two years down the road, you know, we're in great shape or one year. But I just don't think – I don't think from what I saw, not from Doty, that the quarterback's there. So, a Spencer Rattler makes some sense to me. Um, you know, our best player, one of our best players on defense, number 12, he started out – he's from Burns, which is right one, – one of the biggest programs in South Carolina high school. But he went to Gardner-Webb. Played there two years, transferred to South Carolina, sat out. This is his sixth year. But, I mean, he's a transfer, and he's I mean, he's going to play in the NFL. He leads the country in interceptions. But, I mean, we're going to have to get some more of those kids. I mean, that that's – and and we got to get the number one player in the state. You know, I, I if, if I'm Beamer and I think what he's doing is he's trying to recruit – he's not Clemson and going to Texas and L.A. And, you know, he's going Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida – and trying to recruit those kids. And obviously he has an end in Virginia. We ought to get some kids out of Virginia, especially what they're saying at Virginia Tech, where that coach is going to be out of there. 
Um, you know, a lot of rumors this week about Beamer going back or getting the job at Virginia Tech, and I don't see it happening. Um, I just don't see it in his dad or him to get your first big break and leave in a year to go back to Virginia Tech. I just don't see it happening. No, I agree. I think that's a step backwards, too. I mean, you, you go from a SEC program to an ACC program, that's just not a good direction to go with your career. Well, no, it's a, he has a lot more chance to win eight games in ACC. True. You know, if that's what you're going for. But, I mean, you would you not rather be in the SEC where, it, you know, if you, if you win eight games in the SEC, they give you more millions. You know, you <laughs> win eight games in the ACC, yeah, you got a chance to play in the – conference championship but you go to charlotte the acc conference championship there's ten thousand people we have more for the state championship games that weekend in high school ball than acc championships now you can get those tickets three dollars <laughs> <laughs> sounds like going to a pirate game <laughs> i think the acc championship might be easier <laughs> so steve you brought up the, the whole Spencer Rattler thing. And I'm sure you have way more irons in the fire than we ever will. So can you elaborate a little bit what you're hearing with the whole Spencer Rattler thing? Well, I mean, it makes sense because Coach Beamer was there at Oklahoma for, what, two or three years. And obviously, Oklahoma has gone with the freshmen. So, I mean, I don't think Spen – I don't personally think Spencer Rattler can just go in the NFL draft. I, I mean, I just don't see him sticking in the first round. Now, he could probably get in the second round. But, I mean, how many guys get benched and then still become first-round picks? So, I think he's got to go somewhere and show he can do. Now, he made a ton of money in that NL, you know, in the deals this year. I mean, you think how much money he's made, and he ain't even playing. And the same thing with the Clemson quarterback. Clemson quarterback signed, like, a two-year deal with Dr. Pepper for millions is what we hear. And he has thrown for like a thousand yards. So these kids might just want to stay in school as long as they can and keep collecting. But I, you know, from what we hear, it it there is a chance that Spencer Rattler could be interested in coming because of Coach Beamer. And we don't have a quarterback. He doesn't have to beat anybody out. He comes into the state and we pick him up in a limo and put him in there and start a quarterback. <laughs> So no, I'll good, go. Go ahead. Good, go ahead, Jason. No, I was just thought we touched on Clemson. So what is wrong with Clemson? Uh, they played Pitt this Saturday. I actually watched that game. It was the first time I really got to see them in depth. And uh, I see a little lot of highly recruited kids playing really badly. So I, I don't get that at all. <laughs> well, I, you know, we're we're I'm sitting here in Spartanburg, you know, and this is Clemson area kind of up this way, and uh, all the all the guys in in the Hunt Club I'm in are. You know, I'm like the youngest guy in the hunt club. All the all those guys are Clemson guys. And so, you know, we talk about a lot. But the problem is they don't have Travis Etienne. And they can say what they want. And you can talk about the quarterback. And obviously, Trevor Lawrence was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But they don't have Travis Etienne. And that's the difference. Because they got one of the best defenses in the country. But they, there's, they're on their fourth running back. Three running backs in the transfer portal. Um, one starting in Wisconsin. So they lose these guys, and they were counting on Justin Ross, number eight, to regain what he had. But he had a severe neck injury and didn't play last year. He's not the same player yet. And, they, and then they're, they're not good on the offensive line. So the quarterback's in a tough spot. They're running the same plays they did with ETM, 
who's a difference maker. Obviously, he was a first-round pick, two-time ACC player of the year. I mean, he's not there, and no one, no one even cares if they run the ball because it's not going to break it. You know, they're on your fourth running back, and they're just struggling. And, you know, Dabo's lost 20 guys in the transfer portal over the last two years and has got zero. I mean, that's 20 scholarship guys out the door, and you're not replacing them. You know, he two weeks ago they played, or three weeks ago, he had 63 scholarship players dressed out. Um, I mean, I called it one of my best friends, KC from Altoona, is a big Pitt fan. I called him three weeks ago and said, Pitt's going to beat Clemson. There's no question Pitt's going to beat Clemson. And, I mean, I really think Pitt could have scored a couple more times. Um, but Clemson just doesn't have the offense. They're good on defense now, I'm going to tell you. And they got like seven guys on defense hurt. Um, but that that defense they put on the field that night against Georgia, I mean, they went tit for tat with Georgia and uh, Clemson's defense for real. But they, they just don't have ETM and there's no threat to run. And obviously that quarterback isn't throwing to, you know, two guys, two wideouts that are going to get drafted tailback that went in the first round, two offensive linemen are playing in the NFL. I mean, Clemson's just kind of hit a little bit of a wall. And you know how these guys pick these teams every year. You know, it doesn't matter if they're going to be good or not. The same 10 teams are always the 10 preseason rankings. But if you watch Clemson play the second game of the year, same thing with Oklahoma. Oklahoma's way too high ranked. But they just – it's all preseason rank. It's like Notre Dame. Every year, Notre Dame's going to be ranked high, whether they're good or not. You know, now, last year they were good. This year they're, you know, they're okay. But they're still going to be ranked high every year. And, and that's what happened to Clemson this year. Then they get that big ranking, and they're just not very good. So, Steve, I'm going, to play, I'm going to play a little hypothetical here. We'll switch gears a little bit. So, I think this weekend – is going to be the make or break weekend for some Heisman candidates. I think the, the running back from Michigan State, if they pull off a win, is going to jump up. I also think if Pitt beats Miami this week again and Kenny Pickett has a good weekend, he's going to jump up the Heisman board. If I gave you a hypothetical amount of money to bet right now on who wins the Heisman, who would you who would you put money on? Uh, I think it's a, right now as it is today, I think it's a two-man race, quarterback at Ole Miss and a quarterback at Alabama but I agree 100%. Based on how the end of this year goes, I think there's three guys. Pickett could get his name up in there. Quarterback from Cincinnati could get his name up in there. And obviously the tailback at Michigan State. Those three guys, I think, have the most room to gain as the season comes to a close. Because it's going to be one of the top players on one of the top teams. I mean, it's not going to be – I mean, it's not going to be someone who's really good and their team's five and five. It ain't going to happen. So Georgia doesn't have anybody. So you can take them out. So now you're looking at who are those next three teams who get in this thing and who are their best players. Um, I think the quarterback of Pitt's awesome. He's having a great year. Um, I think the running back from Michigan State's great. And I think the quarterback from Cincinnati is having a great year. And uh, I think they all got a chance. But right now it's Matt Carroll or, or Bryce, whatever his name is, from Alabama. Perfect. So I got a perfect uh, piggyback off that. So I have some notes written down. And of course, I have Matt Corral as the top there. But in my opinion, I'm not sure he's a good enough pro quarterback. Do you think he's just a really good college quarterback? Or do you think he has the goods to make it in the NFL? 
I think he has the arm, but his game's going to have to change. But he does have the arm. He's got a big-time arm, and he's tough. And those two things, that can get you a long way. Um, but what they're doing at Ole Miss is no one in the NFL is doing that. I mean, maybe the Chiefs run something similar to that stuff. Um, I just think he's a tough guy. I mean, he had 190 yards rushing, I think, in one game. I mean, he's getting pounded, too. When he takes off, he doesn't really slide. I don't know that he'll be a first-round pick. To me, Cody Pickett is more of the first-round pick type player than Corral. But as far as Heisman goes, you know, Lane Kiffin gets a lot of headlines, and you need to have that if you're going to win the Heisman. Steve, we the last time you were on, we got into some of these uh, coaching rumors. And, you know, again, and I know we brought up the USC – job and we brought up Franklin and we both you know you kind of said and we we agreed with you like there's no way but can you just go in like okay so you have the USC job now you got the LSU job and now it's either been crazy now Mike Tomlin came out today and impressed her and said absolutely not I don't I can't believe my name but I mean you've heard I mean Carson Palmer was just on a show and I mean he was really lobbying for you know he said it could be um guy out of Cincinnati, Camp Matt Campbell out of Iowa State, and he named – and then, again, he brought up Mike uh, Mike Tomlin uh, on that. What do you think – can you just hit on USC again, maybe who you think, and then also the LSU job? I think the LSU job, I think their number one guy's got to be Joe Brady, the coordinator for the Panthers. Um, he's young in his 30s. He was, he was the offense coordinator for the national championship team. I think he's on the top. I, I would think he's got to be somewhere near the top of that list. Um, USC, I don't know. Being from the West Coast, you know, we don't really hear that much. Obviously, they're going to try to make a splash hire. But Mike Tomlin, if Mike Tomlin wants money, he can go to any NFL team and get that money. He might not get it from the Steelers, but if the Raiders paid Gr John Gruden 10 years, $100 million, if if Mike Tomlin said, I want out of Pittsburgh, there'll be 29 NFL teams said, we'll give you $100 million for 10 years. I mean, it's a no-brainer. You know, Bill Cowher was retired 10 years, and he was offered every job every year. So, I mean, that that's crazy. And, again, that's one player, ex-player, just really trying to push buttons for, you know, I guess he, he went to USC. So, But I, I think USC is going to have a splash hour. It's more interesting to me to see what LSU is going to do because LSU hasn't, hasn't really done that well on coaches. You know, if you look, they had the crazy guy that went to Kansas. Um, Les Miles. And, 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 you know, Nick Saban was there and then took the Alabama job and now Coach O. And, you know, Coach O's sitting back in his house. Well, he might be in the office tonight. He's smiling because that national championship basically got him $17 million in cash. And if you look at who was on that team, go look on Sundays and look who was on that team and how good they're playing on Sunday. And they were all at LSU on the same team. I mean, he didn't, I bet he, <clears throat> he probably sat in his offense doing, in his office doing curls and, and, <laughs> and like, hey, we're going to win this week by 40, go Tigers or whatever he does, you know. I mean, he didn't have to coach. But that's why I think I think the LSU boosters, and they got plenty of money down there, 
has to look at Brady, the offensive coordinator from the Panthers. I think he's got to be their first first guy they call. Hey, now, they said they're going to offer. Now, what we hear here, you know, is that LSU is going to offer Dabo. They're going to make him turn them down. Why would Dabo leave Clemson to go to LSU and have to play Saban? And he's from Alabama and went to Alabama. That ain't happening. So you can take him out. Now the Campbell guy is a good is a good call. But I don't think the Cincinnati guy is leaving. What's that fickle? I don't think he's leaving. Um, I think he's gonna stay there. His kid, I, I read some article, his kids go to school um there. They love it. I mean, he's getting paid plenty of money. And if they get in the final four, he's gonna get a super raise to stay there. And uh, they can win. And, and he's he's an awful good coach. So, you know, who knows? As we get closer. You know that you know one agent really controls the whole SEC. The same agent as all the coaches in the SEC. So you know it's basically if it ain't him, it's this guy. But I I would just think really and truly it's got to be Joe Brady. Why wouldn't it be? He's in his thirties. Why wouldn't you want a young guy to come to LSU to rejuvenate the offense? And it isn't like LSU doesn't have talent. They're sitting down there like Clemson, loaded with talent and can't win. Exactly. So, Steve, when you say uh, Coach O's doing curls, do you mean weighted curls or do you mean 16-ounce curls? He might be doing both, but I guarantee he's <laughs> doing some curls with some weights. <laughs> he, is, he is a character. Just a funny tidbit. Somebody on Twitter or Instagram, or somebody said to me, and I kind of tweeted it out to these guys, just picture, don't look at Coach O. Just Instead of Coach O, just picture Cookie Monster, and that's him talking. <laughs> I tell you though, I like how in every interview, every single one go tires. I think that's that, that's great. And you know, the players at every stop he's been at, when he was USC interim, the players wanted him. At LSU, when it was you know kind of up in there, the players wanted him. I'm thinking he's a players coach, and I don't know him and never met him, but I probably could play for him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they say he's the kind of guy that you would run through the brick wall for. That that he's yeah. he's the big rah-rah guy. He may not be an X and X's and O's guys, but he's he's a player's guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what really happened to him, right? His coordinator's left and he has been able to backfill. So he's got a bunch of talented kids that don't know where to go. And he's doing the rah-rah stuff, but it's just not, oh, yeah. well, not I mean, working. He, he, what happened to him is what happens to Saban every year. But now Saban, Saban is a super football coach. He can X and O, he can, he can do it. And, and Coach O, he ain't on that level. And here, here go all your guys every year where Saban just keeps rolling. And, and Saban picks the top dude out there every year to run the offense. It don't matter where they came from or if they were in trouble or mad. or I mean, just look at who he's had. Kiffin was in trouble. Sarkeesian was drinking at USC functions out there, got him fired. Um, he got the boy from the Texans who they fired because he couldn't be the GM and the head coach. And, and he just takes them, they plug in, and they just keep rolling. I mean, it's amazing. But that's because Saban is that good. Like, he, he's the real deal. He can sit in a room and talk X's and O's, both sides of the ball. and um, I tell you, I give Lane, Lane Kiffin a lot of credit because once he got to Alabama, Alabama changed 
from we're going to pound you, pound you, pound you and play defense, and that's how we're going to win, to, okay, well, we can go get these great athletes. We always have one stud receiver. Let's go get three. Let's develop the quarterback. And now we can play defense and score 60. And since then, that's basically what they do. And look at them this year. They had, what, three guys drafted in the first round last year, skilled guys, and they're still just as good. Absolutely. I mean, who has a quarterback room that they had when all three of them were there? I mean, three guys that are starting in the NFL. At South Carolina, we've never had a starting quarterback in the NFL play at South Carolina. So we've never had a first-round pick. And here you are at Alabama, and they had three in a row. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, and that's just amazing that, I mean, if, I mean, and, and the worst one to me on Sundays was the best one at Alabama and got the most hype was Tua. He, to me, he's yeah. the worst pro out of the three of them. So, Steve, before we let you go, we actually have a pretty big college slate this weekend. We want to get your take on a couple games. Uh, let's start with a 12 o'clock game on Saturday. Let's go to... Michigan, number six in the country. They traveled to Michigan State, number eight. Um, so the boys here at Notebook Wagering, we've been on a pretty hot streak. We'll let you break it down, and then maybe we'll chime in with what we have. Well, if Michigan can snap the ball at the end of the game and get off a punt, <laughs> then the Michigan might win. <laughs> Steve, that hurts. That, that, hurts. Re- that really hurts. <laughs> yeah, I like Michigan State. I think Michigan State, I like their coach. What's his name? Tucker. Um, I don't like Harbaugh in the big games. Um, I, I, I think Michigan State at home. I like Michigan State now, and I think it'll be a super slugfest. But, and I'm going to watch. I looked through it the day before coming on here, and uh, I, I, that's one of the games I'm definitely going to have on. I, I, I just like Michigan State. Okay, let's jump to a little bit later then. We'll go with the uh, SEC and your home stomping grounds down there. So we know we talked a little bit off camera before you joined us, and uh, you're a huge fan of Georgia, and they're going to Jacksonville to play Florida. Georgia's 7-0, and Florida 4-3, and the biggest cocktail party they call it. Georgia's given 14. If you had to bet this, what would you, what would you like to play here? I think you got to roll. You got to roll with Georgia until they disappoint you. Because Florida getting beat by LSU. Now Florida did play Alabama good, but I, I mean, I I got to stick. Can Florida can Florida score fourteen points? I mean, Georgia's given up forty six points on the year. I I wish that was about thirteen. I'd like to get it under that fourteen and and then take Georgia all day. One of you guys is a big teaser. Tease that thing down and jump all over. <laughs> that would be me. I, I've all, I already have it down, Steve. <laughs> all right, Steve, last one for you. Uh, number 20, Penn State, goes to the horseshoe to play Ohio State. In my opinion, Penn State stands no chance here with the way they've been playing, coming off a bad loss to Illinois. Clifford still dinged up. They looked really good a few weeks ago. And after he got injured, it seems like it's kind of going off the rails. You have all this Franklin talk. Is there any chance Penn State can go into the horseshoe and pull one out? No. But I'm in a, I'm in I'm at Myrtle Beach last weekend and they got a bar down there. It's a pizza place bar. It's kind of big called Milardo's. And I go in there when I'm down there, I like their pizza. And but it's a Penn State bar for every home game. 
So we were in there and uh, I mean, I wasn't over there. It's probably like 80 Penn State fans. When we first walked in, it was real loud. And then right when we got ready to leave, it kind of got quiet. By the time I got back to the beach house, um, it's funny. My mom texted me and said, Are you, have you turned the game on? I said, no, I figured it was over. She's like, it's the fifth overtime. Well, I pull up my phone and look at the score, and I'm like, but the score hasn't changed. How, how is the score the same? <laughs> and so, you know, when you go to the TV and that game is like way over and they got like some other show on there, I couldn't find it. Finally, I find it. And I didn't know, to be honest with you, that all of a sudden you just went for two. I mean, just one play. So you, each of them, and neither one of them could score. And they ran the worst plays. It was the most boring overtime I've ever seen. And then, then Illinois wins. Penn State might get beat by 30 this weekend by Ohio State. Ohio State's quarterback has really picked it up. And they got three wideouts at Ohio State that can line up probably against some NFL DBs and get open. Those, those guys are good. So I, I Penn State's got one offensive player. Now he's now he's probably the best wide out in the country, number five. He's he's a stud. But Ohio State's probably double him, don't have to cover anybody else. Win by twenty. Awesome, Smitty. You got anything else for Steve? No, I just thought it was funny how he because that whole. So Steve, we were watching that game and we were all texting each other, and Matt especially was just flipping out. He's like, "Are these the worst play calls that you've ever seen in your life?" And he's like, "Will somebody just throw the ball in the end zone?" I mean, we were just went back and forth on that and just could not believe the play calling in that game. You not just throw a fade or back shoulder to number five every time. I mean, I'm not going to hand it off down there. I mean, I got the best wide out in the country. Okay, the first time I throw the true fade, you know, if he doesn't get that, the next time we run the same throw and back shoulder it. I mean, he's got a better chance than what they were doing. Um, Absolutely. And you know the fun, the funny thing is that for the first time they they had to go for it, they did that little play and they tried to throw the ball to Clifford and he dropped it. Yep. I mean, it wasn't the greatest, but I was like, you could tell the guy was hurt because Clifford in most games would scramble. Right, that, right. He can run. That game, right. There was times oh, in no. that game that he had a he could run and it was like he completely stopped and was like, don't run. And then would do, and then they then they try to do that play. I mean, it was wide open. Well, how about the tight end shovel pass? Let's try that instead of throw it to number five. How about just put number five in the backfield and flip them the ball and say run till you get the two yard. You know, Steve, I think I've texted a shovel pass to the tight end inside the tackle box. I mean, the tight end is not Travis Kelsey. I know he saw that play from the Chiefs and thought, oh, this would be a great play. Okay, you don't have Travis Kelsey. You know, I mean, hey, Penn State, I mean, they'll break your heart. I bet on them. That, and that tells you how dumb I am. Steve, I, I think I texted every other line for these guys was please throw the ball in the end zone. Right. Basic two-point concept. Just, just get the ball into the end zone. It doesn't matter if it's knocked down or even picked. They're probably not going to return at 100 yards. But yeah. you got to put that ball in the end zone. Yeah, it's horrible coaching in that game. Yeah, I, I, I was disappointed. When, once I flipped it over there in overtime six, now I missed the first five. But <laughs> you missed the nothing. Last three, I didn't see one play I would have called. And I've been in an overtime game um, when I was coaching at the very, very beginning when I was coaching. 
And that was back when you put it on the tin, you know, and neither of us had a, neither, neither team had an extra point. Neither team had a kicker. I mean, we had linemen kicking off. So we went for two every time, seven overtimes. And finally, my defense held them on a two-point play, and we won. But I would have never run one play that I saw Penn State run in the last four. And, and, and let's be honest, Illinois wasn't um, opening the playbook either down there. No, no. I think, I, I think it's, that, it's set back college football a couple uh, weeks at least. <laughs> at least Illinois was on their third quarterback, though. <laughs> this game went to nine overtime and over under is 40. What? You know what I mean? Come on. So, Steve, we appreciate the time. We'll let you get out of here. You had a long day. Do you want to give a little shout out or even a plug for anything you got going on? No, I'm good, man. (laughs) The only thing I'm plugging is I got to kill me a big deer. We're we're in the rut here (laughs) in the next three weeks. So, um, I'm going to be in a deer stand pretty much every day that I don't have to pick up the kids or go to flag football. So Hey, why don't you why don't you come back to PA and hunt, man? They, we got some monsters up there. Yeah, but you don't get to hunt but a week. You get to hunt down here from October 1st till January 1. I I got days and days and days. We well, might as well get a tag in both places and whack I still got I I still got some friends up there. I could probably come up, but that's Thanksgiving week or the week after Thanksgiving. We're just coming off the Clemson Carolina game. I mean, hunting's still pretty good that week down here. So, well, if you ever do come back into the area, let let Jason and I know, and we'll try to meet up with you. <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 hoping to get to a Steeler game this year before the season ends, maybe in December sometime. Well, let me um, know. I'm actually going to be at probably two or three of them in December. Sweet. I'd I'd love sweet. to meet up you, buy you a beer, hang out a little bit. Yeah, we'll do it. And next year, you guys are coming this way, so. Uh, yeah, we're heading down. We're gonna come yeah. down. We'll be knocking. We'll be knocking on the door. Ain't no problem. Group therapy is <laughs> always open, baby. Group therapy is <laughs> open tonight. I got some sort of college party going on in there tonight. I was in Columbia <laughs> today. I had to work today, guys. I hunted and worked and went to flag football. I mean, who can up triple at threat? Five, up at five, hunted till ten. Hour to Columbia. Actually worked home. Flag football. I mean, just a day in the life. <laughs> oh. And then you ended it with us. The good way to yeah, end the day. Ended it with y'all. And tomorrow morning at seven, the dog will probably get up and take me to pick her up. <laughs> well, awesome, man. We'll let you go. Get a little shut eye and get ready for your next deer hunt. All uh, right. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks for hey, having me man. on. Hey, thanks. thanks Steve. Appreciate, appreciate it. Man. it. Thank you. All right, boys. That was fantastic. I love that, dude. Oh, man. He, he cracks me up. He's yeah. so funny and just tells it like it is. I love him. We have him on. Yeah, it, that's some that's some good listening right there. Well, except for the Penn State part, but yeah. Oh well, <laughs> I love to relive yeah. that whole Saturday again. Let's do that again. Wasn't that yeah. just the best with Illinois just running? Like, how many guys did they have on the offensive line? It looked like it was like they just ran the ball, and you know, you know the thing too in that game, and we'll get it. I mean. I think I forget who was calling the game, but they kept saying that like on those fourth and ones, all they did was a quarterback sneak every time because they weren't adjusting to anything. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when the call was either. It may have been Orlovsky, but I'm not sure who. He oh, was. it was. No, you're right. That's who it was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, like- I mean, that's been a problem, like, especially games where they get run over. They do not make good adjustments. I mean, the, 
The only thing I saw was they brought Brisker down into the box to try to add an eighth guy. And it actually looked like they just winged it. Like it wasn't actually a call defense. They were kind of just trying to react to that formation, which they hadn't seen. I frankly, I've never seen that formation in my life. So um, yeah, no, Illinois came up with a great game plan. They clearly out coached uh, Penn state and things have kind of spiraled since then. So it's been a lot of fun uh, as a alumnus. All right, boys, we got about another 20 minutes to go. We'll try to fire off some college football games here. I'm going to let you guys start off with Thursday night. Uh, is there any games you want to tackle for Thursday night? You know, it's uh, I'm looking at it. I mean, you got Coastal on Thursday night again, which is good. They're always entertaining. Um, they've got Troy at home. You know, the one thing that Troy doesn't do is run the football. That's something Coastal kind of struggles with. But, you know, Coastal's pass defense, which was like kind of vaunted coming into that Appalachian State game, they got kind of shredded. I mean, all the big explosive plays came deep down the field um, throwing the football. So I think Troy's got a puncher's chance in this game to definitely cover, uh, especially, you know, Coastal had to leave a lot on the field against App. You see, that was a pretty big game for them. And I think Troy had an off week. So they've had a week to prepare. You know, I, I like the 18 and a half. I know it's in, um, I guess it's Conway, South Carolina, technically Myrtle Beach. But uh, I, I'll leave the Trojans here. That's a pretty good football team uh, in the Sun Belt. I have no play on this, Matt. I just stay off of it. I'll be probably watching the NFL, the NFL game. Yeah, NFL games, probably top notch. One of the better ones we're going to get, even though the Packers are getting hit with COVID. I'll go, I'll go a day later. I'll go Friday. I have one slight lean. I haven't played it yet. I actually like the Navy Tulsa game over 47 on Friday night. I think Navy's kind of rounding out in the four. I know they're one and six, but I think they kind of found their stride just a little bit. Tulsa's a little uh, dark horse scoring here, but I mean, 47 is a pretty good number to get it at. And if they're they're laying 11, I mean, if they can get it to, you would have to think this game might go 20 to 30 and maybe just barely squeak over to the 50 mark. But that, that's my only play on the early games, and then we'll dive into the big games here. I agree on Navy, though. I think Navy's playing a lot better football than it did early in the year. Yeah. Um, they're, and uh, they've kind of figured some stuff out. They're not as good as they've been, but they're probably feisty. And uh, double-digit um, wishbone team, always interesting. Yeah, they played, I mean, right with Cincinnati last week. I mean, they had the ball. They had the ball, you know, at the end of the game there. And Cincinnati has to beat people really bad, and they just could not get away from Navy. Navy really competed last Saturday. So that's perfect segue, boys. Uh, number two, Cincinnati, a 12 o'clock noon game on Saturday. Travels down to play Tulane. Cincinnati 7-0, Tulane 1-6. Over under 62 and since he's laying 24 and a half, um, I actually think this is an easy over bet. I think Cincinnati's going to run it up, like Smitty just said, to keep they got to keep that foot on the gas and stay in that final four. They might as well bury teams by 30 or 40. If they can get to 50 here, I don't see how Tulane doesn't get three crappy touchdowns and this actually go over near 70. Well, I'll tell you why Tulane may not get three crappy touchdowns. I think Michael Pratt's actually out for this game. They're their best player, the quarterback. He's got a concussion. I don't know what they have behind him. Yeah, since he's going to put up a big score, it's just whether Tulane can cover their end of the over. Um, but maybe they don't even need to, since he might just kind of roll this, because they're going to need a big number there. Um, and coming out to 12 o'clock kick, people will be watching that game. Even though Michigan Michigan State might overshadow it a little bit, they'll be looking at that score on the thing to see how well they do. Um, but that's really the only downfall is just can, can Tulane score without Pratt? Cause he's definitely their best player. 
Yeah, this would be one I would be looking for sure. Uh, you know, the over seven and three last 10 in the Cincy games. I would look for team points here. I, I, it'll be, I, I need to look that up and see what that is. I think that's a good play. I, the straight line's okay. If you want to match Cincinnati in a teaser with somebody, take it down six more points. And I think they're going to, they're going to put on a show. Tulane's one of the worst defenses in, um, in college football. So, and again, like with the quarterback out, it's just, it's going to get ugly. And after, to me, after them, what they just did against Navy there, they're really going to have to say, Hey, we really didn't play our best last week. We got to put it on them this week. So I feel bad for Tulane. I think they get steamrolled this week. 43, the total for Cincinnati. I definitely think that's within striking distance there. So I like that play. Yeah. I would jump on that. All right, another uh, let's go to a Big Ten matchup. Um, the reeling Iowa Hawkeyes, number nine in the country, six and one, go up to Madison to play the Badgers, four and three. Wisconsin, big win, big win last week. Uh, so over under 36 and a half, and Wisconsin is the favorite, laying three. Uh, this is a no play for me. In fact, I can't touch this over under of 36 and a half. If you had to put a gun to my head, I'm going under. The 36 and a half, which is scary in the first place. And then I can't believe that the Badgers are laying three at home when their quarterback, I think, threw eight passes last week. How much do they not trust that kid? Like I said, no play. You put a gun to my head, give me the under, and I'd probably take Wisconsin money line. Yeah, this is the kind of game that gets the Big Ten the bad reputation for playing this kind of football because that's all you're going to see Saturday. You're going to see running and boredom and defense and everything. I mean, 20 to 17 covers the over in this game. 20 to 17. That's like a first quarter score in some of these conferences. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I don't. I really don't think Iowa's that good of a football team. Um, I haven't thought they were good. They've been kind of lucky with turnovers, things like that. Now, Wisconsin's given turnovers this year. Like, you know, like you said, they took the ball out of Mertz's hand. That's why they've won a couple games in a row now. They've been able to run, run, run. I was, you know, sturdy up front. I don't know if they'll be able to do that there, which is why the under, even at 36 and a half, it's why you'd even consider it, right? Um, yeah, it's a no play for me. It's interesting. If Wisconsin wins this game, they're basically right back in the mix, the Big Ten West, and basically everyone's in the mix in the Big Ten West, and it's going to be like a shootout here to the end. And I think Minnesota actually has the inside track somehow because I think they play these two still. Um, but, yeah, they can really make a muddy picture out there, but really hard to get a lean on this game. I mean, I, I would probably maybe take the money line, whoever scores first in a <laughs> soccer game. <laughs> I think I saw Wisconsin, I think is four out of their last five in, in this series. I, you know, I've, I, I was okay to me. I think I was not a bad team. Uh, defensively is really good. The quarterback is, I mean, this is what quarterback's not going to make a mistake. I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, just which one is you going to put in the pressure, maybe throwing the ball. It's going to be a lot of running. It's going to be very slow pace. I, this is a beautiful teaser, I think. I would tease up Iowa and get them up to about nine and a half and take up the Hawkeyes. All right. Great stuff. Now, speaking of teaser, Smitty, here comes my teaser play for you. Uh, Saturday noon, big game here in Pittsburgh. Uh, got the U coming in three and four. Big upset win last week over NC State. And then we have number 17, Pitt, six and one. That only blemish, Western Michigan, really stinks because this team could make some noise over under 61 
and Pitt is laying nine. Here's where I think you could actually do an in-game teaser. I think you could tease the over under down and Pitt loves to score against bad teams. And I, and in Miami, I actually dropped 31 or four last week against NC state. Somehow I think Pitt and both of them can drop another 30 bomb on each. And I think if you tease Pitt down to minus three, roll an in-game teaser over about 55 and Pitt laying three. For this game, you know, I, I wish I had grabbed it early because I, I kind of put a little note here in my app on the uh, action app of grabbing it uh, as a game that I was interested in. And it's gone from 12 and a half open to down to nine. So people are hitting the Hurricanes. I just don't think this is going to be – I think it's going to be a close game. That seems like all Miami plays. Um, and they've played probably the better teams the ACC the last three weeks than Pitt has. I mean, it's, it's crazy to say that with Pitt just coming off a Clemson game, but Clemson looks so awful in that game. It was – like I said, I haven't seen them play since the Georgia game. And I just didn't realize that they were that bad. I mean, but um, I think Miami's got a puncher's chance in here. I, I've ripped Manny Diaz probably more than anybody. Um, and they've looked like really kind of like competitive since Derek King uh, went out for the season. The, the backup quarterback, whose name eludes me right now, has actually played pretty well. And it's got the offense moving. So um, this is probably the best offense Pitt's seen in a couple of weeks. And I think that the nine points is a, a live play here. So I, I like my, I like the Hurricanes with the nine. Both these teams, have been really bad with success. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday. And uh, I think that usually they win on the other team's uh, field. So it'll be a fun game. Yeah. The new quarterbacks, Tyler Van Dyke. That's and, it. He, and personally, you know, that's funny that you said that Jason, because I think today when I was doing some notes on this game, I think it's, it's kind of made the team better a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's better than King in a way. Like he's been playing a lot better than, um, than King was. So I like Pitt in this. I think, again, I, I don't know about the conditions Saturday in Pittsburgh. It's a little chilly. You know, you get the Hurricanes up there. I think Pitt will be fine in this game. I like the teaser spot, too. Now, one thing, I think it's Addison. Is Addison the wide receiver for Pitt? Mm-hmm. I think he was maybe not playing. Keep an eye on that. I know I have him in one of my fantasies, and I think I saw last night maybe got knocked out of the game last Saturday, maybe for a concussion. So we have to look and see because that's a big, it's a big weapon. I really liked. I enjoyed watching that pick game. I love Pickett. I think Pickett's unbelievable. I think the kid, the kid can really move. The kid has a good arm. You know, I'd love to see where he's going to end up in the NFL draft. And you got to love a guy after I love this interview. I don't know if you saw it at the end, like the, the female um, reporters, like, how are you feeling? He goes, I feel great. And he goes, I'm going to go have a cold one here in the city and then enjoy myself or like, and he stored like, and then he ran off. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a Pittsburgh guy for you right there partying down in the city. So I loved it. I, I hope Pitt, and again, we have them at seven. I'd love to get a win here and be at least pushing that win total for the year, but go Pitt. I'm on the Pitt bandwagon. I really like the team. Well, pick, pick it is 23. So we can definitely have a cold one. So. Yeah. Well, you said it seems like he's been there 19 years. So (laughs) 57 and a 50% chance of rain on Saturday. So your classic October Western PA uh, Saturday afternoon. All right, boys, big game, early game for Saturday slate. Number six, Michigan, seven and oh, traveling the East Lansing to play the Spartans seven and oh as well. Over under is down to 50 and a half and Sparty is getting four and a half. So I texted these guys yesterday. I actually dropped 
some coin on the over under and I took the over, but it was 51 and a half and I'm not happy that it's coming down. I thought it might go the other way. I wonder if weather's going to be a little bit of an impact. Otherwise, I'm not going to bet this. I have uh, too much of a personal rooting interest. I've been snake bitten in this rivalry. I don't want to jinx anything. So I'm going to let you guys speak on it. Well, I, I just think it's what do you make of Michigan State? Uh, they've actually probably played the harder schedule now that we've seen the Washington's kind of a bit of a fraud uh, this year. Um, you know, you watched the Indiana game, or at least I saw a lot of the Indiana game and wasn't overly impressed with Michigan State. I thought Indiana had their chances in that game. Um, I feel like they're kind of running out of luck a little bit, but they, they just keep winning. And they've got good players. Obviously, those players come from other programs. But Mel Tucker's done a good job of incorporating them. Um, and we got a real good running back. They have an identity with quickly, which they didn't have last year. Um, and I think Michigan kind of has too. like, you know, they're, they're running the football, like, and they're not kind of deviating. They're not trying to, uh, be something that they're not now. It'll be interesting to see who can make the other one do like, I think Michigan state's a little more versatile on offense, but I think that Michigan's better on defense. I know the stats aren't overwhelmingly great. Like they haven't been years past, but, um, it's just a, it's a tricky situation. I, I don't have a good read on either of these teams playing each other. I think this is really going to get kind of learn something on Saturday between this late in the season too from these two teams because, like I said, the schedules you can kind of throw out some of those wins and lot no no losses actually, but just all the wins because it's kind of all the opponents have been I don't know watered down a bit. I mean the best win for Michigan is Wisconsin, but Wisconsin looks terrible. And you know when Michigan State played Miami, they weren't playing all that well. So it's just kind of a tricky thing. Probably would take the points four and a half just because this game is usually close when they're this good. Yeah, this is my team. So I'll be sitting on the couch going crazy for this. I think it's going to be a tough game. You know, I think I saw a stat that Michigan State's their pass defense is pretty low in the Big Ten. But here's the thing is Michigan going to throw the ball? Is Gaddis going to open it up to throw? I doubt it. I mean, if you watch these Michigan games, I mean, they're going to they're going to pound the ball Haskins quorum and they're going to really try to do that. They're not they're not taking many shots with McNamara. They're just making you know, he's kind of playing smart, not turning the ball over a little bit. They're bringing the freshman in a little bit here and there to uh, maybe uh, run some plays and stuff. I, I think it's a tight one. I, I don't know about the scoring. I, this could be a lower scoring game. I mean, for Maddie's sake, I hope it's high score and I hope Michigan puts a lot of points on. I'm not going to touch this game just because it's my team and I don't want to lose money and lose the game and flip out and ruin my entire day. I mean, if I had to play it, I, like Jason said, I mean, I would do it in a teaser and I'd probably take Michigan state up some points here. I, I just think there's going to be a lot of running scoring. I think, I think Corum and the uh, kid from Michigan state are each going to break one long one. I mean, not a long one, but like a 40, 50 yarder. Uh, I just think there's going to be some big plays in this one this week. Uh, they're, this is for all the marbles right now in the Big Ten to, to see who goes uh, to the show, possibly. So we'll see. I want to touch on one quick game before we get into these other big ones. There's a game I really like Saturday, three o'clock. Hawaii's coming to the mainland, four and four, and they're traveling to Utah State, five and two. Over under 65, Utah State's laying five and a half. I think this is an easy play for Utah State. I mean, that is a eight-hour difference for Hawaii. I hope they're coming here and staying here early. I think Utah State can, can easily cover the five and a half. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I think with Hawaii is I think they're getting some guys back, and the past defense hasn't been awful. Um, 
you know, they've been feisty in some games against the good teams in the Mountain West. That, that would be my only concern in that game. Um, and Utah State's kind of, I mean, I think they survived. They won last week, right? Didn't they over, um, they played Colorado State? Is that? Yes. 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 They were able to Colorado State they really played. messed, didn't they mess something up at the end of the day? Absolutely. Yeah, they did. They uh, they ran their field will kick it unit on instead of spiking the ball. Um, and they had like 18 guys on the field that couldn't do anything, and the time ran out. Uh, that's a that's a Dazio Dazio magic there. Um, yeah, that's that would be my only hesitation. But you're right. I mean, those guys coming on. This is not a Hawaii team that's as good as it's been in past years. And Todd Graham and his BS that he always pulls. But uh, that's I think Cordero is going to play. I think the running back is going to play. So that that would be the only concern there. And I see the line going down. So maybe I don't know. I actually might go the other way there. <laughs> I do that. I do a teaser, Maddie. I take Utah State down to like a pick 'em. Okay. Just wanted to throw that out there. Let's get to these last two big, big games, and then we'll let you guys throw out any other plays you have. So Saturday, three thirty, Georgia, Florida, uh, world's largest cocktail party. Georgia, number one in the country. So I don't know. Florida, four and three, over under at fifty one, and Florida's getting fourteen. Our guest Steve Tannehill broke this down. Love his concept on this. How's Florida going to actually score on these guys? Georgia's going to keep their foot on the gas. They have just enough offense to probably drop 30. Can Florida even get two touchdowns? Can they score 14? Even so, that's still not enough to cover. I think the play here actually is just like he said, keep betting Georgia until they burn you. Yeah, it is interesting because, I mean, Florida runs the ball so much, right, with their quarterbacks and everything like that. And it just doesn't seem like that's going to be available against this Bulldog defense. Um, you know, if they can score points, I think they can get Georgia in an interesting situation just because I don't know Stetson Bennett. I, he, he's still the quarterback, right? I don't think JT Daniels is ready to go yet. I know he's getting close. But uh, that would really be the only situation, right? If you could get some kind of special teams play, if you could get some kind of points early and make Georgia play from behind, that, that would honestly be, I think, the only thing that could put them. I don't know if they have that capability with Bennett at quarterback, but they've been so good this year. It's hard to say that they wouldn't. Because, um, I mean, Kentucky scored 14 against them, right? But it literally took the entire game, and it, they went for the two at the end. So um, I, I give Florida a chance in this thing because I, I think the line – has kind of moved the way the, the books have wanted it to. I see like 71% of the action on Georgia. They opened it at a 14. So they're baiting Gator money and there's no one's taking it yet, but um, it's kind of coming down a little bit. So maybe some sharps are hitting it, but I don't see Georgia losing this game, but I, I think I think Florida has a chance to stay within the 14. Yeah. Last six times the favorite is covered in this. So I think George is going to cover. I think Florida, again, both teams are coming off a bye. I think you got the wrong guy quarterback in Florida. And I, you know, we've said it kind of all year. I, I Jones just is not the answer. I don't think, I think Richardson gives him a lot better. Now Richardson's been nicked up a little bit, so I get it. You know, it's amazing too. Um, Mullen, man, you, we have a lot of people we follow on Twitter with being Florida fans. Cause Q's such a big Florida fan. A lot of people are getting tired of his, his show a little bit down here. So defensive coordinator is not good. I think they should have got rid of him last year. He kept them. I, I think this a lot. I, I mean, this is a great teaser spot to take Georgia down, but I would, I would play Georgia's. You could just play Georgia straight. I think Georgia wins by 20 something points in this. All right. Next one on the slate, uh, 7 PM game, Ole Miss number 10 in the country, six and one 
traveling to Auburn, number 18 in the country, five and two. Big win last week for the Tigers. Uh, I've heard a lot of people on VEASAN hyping this one up. And surprisingly, I'm shocked at what they're saying here. They all really like the over, which is 66. And they love Auburn this week. And I'm really shocked at how they're seeing this. And I might have to dig into it a little. As for me, it's right now it's a no play. But if I keep digging into this and I see their line on Auburn, I have no problem going with the Tigers. Fighting Bo Nixes, let's roll. <laughs> I think so. Are they saying this is the run defense for Auburn? It's probably why they give them a, uh, a chance in this game because it's actually pretty good statistically. And Ole Miss, you know, as many points as they put up, they that all starts with the running game. Um, Steve mentioned earlier about Corral running for 200 yards against Tennessee, running basically the same play over and over again. And that, that's what they have the patience just to keep running it. That's what actually worked in the LSU game. They finally figured out the, like, kind of delayed draws, and that actually gashed uh, the Tiger defense. I kind of like Auburn here, too. I just think Ole Miss has played a gauntlet of a schedule so far. I mean – it really has been nonstop for like the last four or five weeks. And Auburn finally got a little bit of a rest off of their schedule, which I know is the hardest, hardest coming in and hardest going out from here. I don't know who the heck made that schedule this year, but it was insane. Um, they're battle tested, but you know, and Bo Nix has played pretty well. So, I mean, I think I would take a money line more than laying the points. Cause I think you at least get some of a better price um, if they do pull the upset. Cause I think they're either going to win or lose by like two touchdowns, but like I said, Ole Miss has to be banged up. We know Corral's banged up, um, and he's trying to go. He's definitely not 100%. It's very similar to Clifford at Penn State, where these guys are gaming it up because there's nobody behind them. But uh, I'll take the Tigers as a live dog here at home. Smitty, real quick before you go, I just want to throw this in here. Um, somebody broke it down. The average pace of play, these two uh, really run it. Ole Miss, I guess, is the third fastest pace of play in the country. And Auburn surprisingly checks in, I believe they said it's 17th. So the average game or average plays uh, for a normal game, an average game is, I believe, 142. And these two are on pace to go to 157, which is why the over might keep even going up. It's a good stat. Good stat there. Good info. I, I like Auburn in this coming off a of buy. You know, their secondary can get gashed a little bit, giving up some passing yards here. But you know, Bo Nix has been okay. Uh, they've won five in the, you know, they've won uh, the last five in this series. I agree with you guys. I think Old Miss is a little nicked up. I, I think this is a good spot for Auburn here. And I, you know, take them, maybe the money line, like Jason said, but I, I kind of like Auburn in this. I'm pr this might be a straight play for me this week. All right. Last one I have on the slate for us, unless you guys want to hit something else, uh, 7.30. Number 20, Penn State, five and two, travels to the horseshoe to go play the number five Buckeyes, six and one, over under 60. And the line is at Ohio State minus 18 and a half. I'm going to roll with Steve Tannehill on this. Coach T said this is going to be a blowout. This should be a 30 point win. Penn State coming in real and bad loss to Illinois. Can't seem to put points on the board. Clifford doesn't seem to be healthy. Coaching seemed to struggle a little bit last week. Just give me the Buckeyes. I might actually – I'll probably play first half Ohio State, lay the points. Well, I see you have this all wrong because if you listen to the press conference today, Penn State's actually playing Illinois again, and they're actually playing at Michigan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's nothing better than losing – you know, I'm a Penn State fan. I've been out there about it. Nothing better than losing as a 24-and-a-half-point favorite on Saturday and then having your coach announce that he has a 
brand new agent that he hired apparently over the summer that he just happened forgot to tell us about and um then not squash any speculation about him leaving and then get everything wrong in the press conference about who they're playing where they're playing at who's hurt who's not hurt i mean geez like this has been brutal this has probably been the worst stretch in a long time as a penn state fan i i the one thing I'll say to this rivalry is when Penn State looks like they have absolutely no shot, for some reason they're, they're feisty, and I, I don't know how they do it. Clifford's clearly not 100%. I don't care what the coach says. He he was getting up from uh, tackles like my dad, who's 70 years old, um, and he dropped the Philly special they ran, obviously, in one of the overtimes. I think it was the first one uh, with the two-point, and I think he catches that ball if he could actually bend over. He clearly has a rib or back issue um, coming to this game. They don't have anything behind them. They couldn't get Jahan Dotson in the game because they couldn't throw the ball. Um, they didn't look like they could run the ball or protect the quarterback. And basically, they're down to one starting defensive lineman, and Illinois completely gashed them. I watched the 7 o'clock or 7.30 games last Saturday night. Ohio State just ran left side and could have got anything they wanted. They were basically playing Tecmo Bowl and trying to spread the ball around uh, against Indiana. So uh, not a lot of hope. Um um, basically, I would take Ohio State, and I'm probably just going to drink like crazy on Saturday night. So there you go. <laughs> well, Penn State, one in four in their last five in October. That's not a good sign they're going in there. I think they get gashed. I think this is ugly. I This would be another one, like I said, with the Cincinnati. Look at the team points here. I'd look at Ohio State's team points. I think they're going to put a lot of points on the board here. They're really clicking right now. The quarterback is playing extremely well. The running backs are good. Great wide receivers. Ohio State's going to put on a show. They're going to score a lot of points. I mean, play this any way you want to. First half, I think the, the game, a teaser play, team points, I think they put out. Because, again, Clifford's just not healthy. I agree. You just, like I said, on when before Steve left, there was times he was running and he had open areas and he just stopped. Like he, he just was like, okay. I mean, he was told he not to run or he just was like, I shouldn't run, but this going to get ugly. Penn state's in trouble. Penn state's in trouble this weekend. And they could be in trouble for the next couple of weeks uh, with some games. They're going to lose some games here coming up. He took kind of like a late hit. I think it was in the third quarter and it wasn't like an overwhelmingly dirty hit. It was kind of like one of those, like you do with your uh, sibling where you kind of run into them and like, you know, like you <laughs> pretend you didn't see them there kind of hit. And the defensive line should have got flagged for it, but he didn't. But Clifford's reaction to that hit, you could tell that that dude hit exactly what was injured. And, I mean, it, it stunned him for, like, two plays afterward. I mean, that guy, that kid's clearly hurt. And it, the fact that they could not come up with something in two weeks to get Roberson competent or play the true freshman. I mean, Indiana was out there playing a the true freshman because they had to. Sometimes you just get your hand forced. I mean, you get guys transferring away. You got to come up with something. You know, maybe it's a little bit better to actually come up with a game plan to win at home to kind of keep yourself in contention then go out and recruiting. But that's just the editorial there. Sorry. Jason, I don't know what you and your uh, sibling got into. My brother literally tried to put his fist through my face. So he was all for it. <laughs> all right. Know boys, what you do. You, know, you do the little bump whenever your parents are watching that you, Oh, I didn't mean to do that kind of, you know, the, the I know exactly. move. It's, you, you yeah. put your hands up. I, oh, no, it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly. We've what all done that. Did. It's the Eli Payton commercial type stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, boys. I don't have anything else on the slate. You guys have any winners you want to hand out? No, I mean, I'm going to finalize over the next couple of days, but I think a good game too. I think could be very high scoring. 
UNC at Notre Dame. This could be, it's at 62 and a half. Last time I saw, you know, UNC doesn't have great numbers, two and five ATS last seven on the road, but I think they're going to be, they're going to be able to score on Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame will score on UNC because a lot of teams have done that this year. I think that's a great game. Keep an eye on. I love the late one Fresno state going into San Diego state. I think that's going to be an intriguing matchup. One of my favorite teasers I'm going to look at Missouri's let me down and they're not a they have not really covered anything this year, but they are going into Vandy, and I would not mind seeing them maybe in a teaser play for me. But, again, my plays will be out by Saturday or Saturday morning, what I'm going to do. I got a couple of them I'm going to go through. Um, I like NC State kind of bouncing back here against Louisville. Uh, I'm not sold on Louisville. They've actually played pretty well recently, but I think NC State's a better football team. They'll kind of at home, they'll get back on track. Uh, like West Virginia at home getting seven against Iowa State. I didn't see anything Saturday from Iowa State that makes me think that they're the team that we thought they were at the beginning of the season. I thought Oklahoma State, if they had a slightly better offense, would have won that game going away. Um, I like Maryland. I like the better, but it's a lower line, but I still like the minus five against Indiana. Maryland, absolutely terrible effort last week. Indiana's just out of bodies. I think you can kind of pick on Indiana for the rest of the year because they just don't have guys. They're playing a true freshman, probably a quarterback this week. Uh, Maryland at home is a different animal. And minor nation, UTEP, going on the road against Florida Atlantic. UTEP is a sneaky, not a good team, but they're actually playing pretty well, especially in that conference. Um, they're getting 11 against Florida Atlantic. I think 11 will go a long way. Uh, I like Miami, like I talked about. And kind of because it's Pac-12 and it's always crazy, Cal Bears at home, money line against Oregon State. Cal is actually pretty good against the run. Oregon State needs to run to get the offense moving. And kind of like the Boilers getting seven and a half against Nebraska, I think that's going to be a close game. I think Purdue kind of kind of just lost that game last weekend more than anything. Five turnovers against Wisconsin, um, and I think they'll bounce back. I don't think they'll turn it over so much against Nebraska. So, oh, and one more, Fresno getting one against San Diego State. I didn't, I wasn't real impressed with San Diego State. I thought Air Force could have came back in that game and won. I'll take Fresno. Uh, San Diego State's better against the run in the past, and Fresno loves to throw it. So that's what I got. So I actually have a decent little slate already built in here. I, I like the Purdue one, and I do like uh, Cal. I do have Cal down in my notebook, Jason. Um, I hit a teaser with them last week. Uh, records not great, but not overall not a bad uh, team. I think they'll I think they'll win the game outright at home against uh, Oregon State. So good call there. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So here's two just quick two tidbits, Kaminsky. UTEP Nation, six and one, actually bowl eligible already. Crazy. And I'll throw one more out there. 0-7 Arizona going to USC, catching 21 points. Too many points. Give me the Wildcats. That's It's such a hard game to handicap. I, I like the Wildcats. I've, I've had them against UCLA. I won last week with them against Washington. But uh, they're so out-talented in that game. But I don't know if USC is what they're doing right now. Because, I mean, you get the interim coach and – they know showed that Notre Dame game. I really thought that they'd be motivated, put a good film out there in that game. And I, I live bet it in the first quarter because you could just tell that Notre Dame was not going to be challenged. A little cat scratch fever. Get it get it going. On the road, though. A little different. Hey. Yeah, USC, <laughs> USC's a joke. All right, boys, that's all I got. Give us a shout out on Twitter. We got uh, Notebook Wagering J Cam. The boys at at Notebook Wagering, we got at Smitty Bucks, myself at If You Follow Matt, and uh, Q's still around. He's got a little work issues going on, and that's at Q Mills. Hit us up, follow us. We'll post all of our plays before the weekend and get you guys some winners.
Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.